To start today's podcast off, I'd like to quote great noted author, poet, late author and poet, Christopher Rios, from one of his many short but very famous selections. And it goes exactly like this. Dead in the middle of little Italy, little did we know that we riddled some middlemen who didn't do diddly. You must be asking yourself, why did Reese decide to start off the podcast this way? Simply put, because I could. That is a difficult line, or at least it was in my childhood. I was like, yo, how did he do that? How was he able to flip such words? And if you do not know who that is, number one, I feel sorry for you. Number two, that is big pun from his one of his famous songs, Twins with Fat Joe, who's a wise old man now, but once was a young rabble-razzler. But uh, it's one of those songs that, you know, before Big Hun passed away, he was, like, just so lauded for his lyricism. It was awesome. It was excellent. Because he would find a way to fit words in ways that they wouldn't normally fit or where they wouldn't fit before. And not too many other rappers could do that back then and not too many at least noted ones have been able to do that since there's been a few handful but he was particularly known for that and for a long time i was like i don't still don't know what he's saying i I always kind of got it but never got it completely so recently i was like oh oh that's how he says that okay that's that's not as difficult as it sounds and let that be a lesson to us all a lot of times it's not what you say it's how you say it with that let's start the show joe and <laughs> relax hey and welcome to the is told by reese podcast if you're wondering i'm reese your host and just like the music said, chill and relax. That's what you came here for. Hopefully you came here to be entertained. You came here to laugh. Maybe cry. Maybe kiss your troubles goodbye. Maybe do none of that. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you're not. Maybe this is just in the background while you do your homework, wash your dishes. Whether you're working from home or working from a cubicle, you just need a break from it all. Here we are. We love providing that to you. We have a lot to get to today and a very little time to get there. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Alright, first I gotta say thank you to everybody that listened to episode 21. Episode 21 has been by far my most viewed and most listened to podcast episode that I've ever done. 21 by itself has almost more views than all my other episodes, the previous 20 combined. So I I don't know why it happened. I don't know how it happened. Well, I think it may have happened because of the name of the title. It was called Adult Swim, and that probably tracked very well with people that are familiar with the concept of Adult Swim, but especially the Adult Swim channel from Cartoon Network. But I'm just going to take credit. They were like, this seems like a very interesting episode to listen to. Let's go ahead and look at it. But like I said, thank you for everybody that's listening or that listened to that episode, bot or not. I appreciate you. Having said that, I'm hoping that might be a sign of things to come. Maybe this episode will have as many or almost as many or more than that 
bit that uh podcast episode did because at that point it's like woo, we got something here even though you know what between me and you i already feel like we got something here and that is our connection because i'm speaking from a place of realism or whatever people say when they want to seem really authentic and gritty and barren and all other crap but we didn't come here for that we came here to explore certain things so here we go you know I am not one to talk about current events. It's just not something that I do, not something that I like to do a lot, right? But I'm going to talk about something that happened pretty recently, and or not pretty recently, but a story that came to light pretty recently and related to a lot of other things. So the reason why I don't talk about current events is because current events are here one day, gone the next. When I, I'm trying to make an episode that you can listen to at any point in time. Now, like, well, that situation's been long and over. I don't want to hear or think about it anymore. It's more like just concepts. It's free-flowing. It's out there. It's stories. It's jokes. It's laughs. It's fun. It's, it's ideas. So that's generally what I'm going to stick to when I do these things. But... I thought this was a very interesting story, and it leads to a much more interesting overall picture. Back in 2013, George Clooney (laughs) did a movie or got paid for a movie called Interstellar. Full disclosure, I did not watch it. Did not seem very interesting to me. And to this day, it still doesn't. The only roles I want to see George Clooney in is when he is scamming somebody out of money with his best friend forever, Brad Pitt. Other than that, nah, I'm okay. Oh, and when he's exploding goat's heads with his mind. And when he's a little crazy and involved with the government, which is kind of the same thing. So, other than that, I don't want to see George Clooney. I don't want to see your handsome face. Get out of here with your perfect wife who helps people because she's some sort of lawyer for the poor. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know much stuff. It doesn't matter. But anyway, back to George Clooney. He... Didn't take a normal salary for this movie, as actors do. Said he's going to take a percentage of the movie because it's not expected to do well. So what he would usually charge, they probably couldn't necessarily afford given the movie's budget, I'm guessing. So he's like, hey, listen, if the movie does whatever, I'll just get a percentage of that. That's been done before um, to great success and great failure. But you always hear about the successes. And boy, howdy, did he succeed to the tune of about $14 million gross, period. Or probably more, but just whatever. So essentially, you got $14 million, right? So instead of putting it in the bank, investing in stocks, doing something responsible with the money, he got a warehouse in downtown LA, got a whole bunch of pallets, put the $14 million of cash in pallets kidnapped 14, his 14 closest friends, brought them to the warehouse, and gifted them each $1 million. Let that sink in for a second. 14 of his friends didn't know what was going on, came to a downtown LA warehouse. Would you been downtown LA? It's it's an interesting bag. I will say that. <laughs> Some places are really cool. Other places are like, ooh, it's still the 80s down here. It is still the 80s. So he said he did that because instead of leaving it to their will, because they would get it anyway from his will, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he wants to show the 14 people that held him down when he didn't have anything how much they meant to him and give them their gifts while everyone's still alive and everything. That's all well and good. 
that is not what I'm thinking about at all. You know what I'm thinking about? You should because it's in the title. What about friend number 15? What about him? How bad must friend number 15 feel that they just missed the cut of a life-changing payday? Because somebody's got to be that friend number 15. George Clooney must have left somebody out. Somebody that, you know, maybe they never knew until that story came out. But at least right now, they see that story and they're like, wait, wait, wait. They got that and I didn't? I'm friend number 15. I'm the one that's left out. And there is not a more awkward feeling in the world than thinking you're in tight or thinking you're in that inner circle and you find out you're first one out. You're like, the you just barely missed the cut, but you still missed the cut. See, because missing the cut by a wide margin, whatever it is, that's cool. Like, it may not feel the best, but at least you know, okay, listen, I never had a shot. But just missing the cut? Ooh. It's like, wait, 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 wait. You didn't give me a million dollars, but you gave John? John? John's the worst person ever in the world. John doesn't recycle. I gave you that slice of pizza one time. I let you sit on, I let you lay on my couch. How am I on the out? And that's got to be a weird dynamic for the group. Hopefully they knew then about this story because, I don't know, someone gives a group of $14 million or $1 million each then, I mean, am I going to keep that to myself? I'm probably going to keep that to myself, but maybe must the group talk about it? Think about you being out as a group. 16 of y'all, 17 of y'all, whatever. The 14 core or enough of you or a mix of you that some people got the money and some people didn't. At some point, you're going to have an inside joke and they're going to be like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, nothing. No, 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 no. I know what's up. We're all friends here. We're all best friends here. Tell me what happened. And it's like, ugh. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> what if they got into a fight about who's a closer friend to George? Like, no, I'm George's best friend. I'm one of George's best friend. Oh, yeah? If you're one of his best friends, why didn't you get a million dollars from him? And everyone just pauses and looks, stares at each other awkwardly like, uh, oof. I'm not talking about friend number 25 or 24. I am talking about friend number 15. Like, ooh, oh, man, I don't know if I could ever speak to George again. Be like, you know what? It's not even money. It's a principle. I can't believe you put John before me knowing I'm a better person than John. Who helped you hide that hooker's body, George? Come on. We're all thinking it. Was it John? Was it John? And an awkward conversation, especially if this is your first time hearing about it. Especially since George said that these 14 people, these 14 guys, I'm assuming these 14 people, uh, helped him when he had nothing. So what if you're a person that actually did help him when he had nothing? That's not a relative, but a friend that helped him when he had nothing. And then all of a sudden, you're not included in that. It's like, what? What? I... You live with me for three years, George. Three years. Three. Count them three. And I get nothing? And I know what you're thinking. Well, he probably only had 14 close friends. Bullcrap. Bullcrap. Somebody's looking at him in, the eight, in, in L.A. in the 80s or the 90s. Come on. Come on. He had more than 14. So friend number 15, I think you reserve the right to punch him in his face. At least you can try. He's probably got bodyguards or knows karate or Krav Maga or something like that. But you can try. You can try. 
because he is a terrible person for leaving you out, friend number 15. Just kidding. George Clooney fan base, don't come after me. These are just jokes. But at this point, he's a totally different person. How do you even bring it up to him if you are number 15, even 16 or 17? You're playing golf. Hey, how 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 the kids been? How's the wife? Great, great, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You know, I, I started, I switched from a driver to a wedge or whatever golf people say. I don't know golf very well. Just casual conversation. Oh, yeah, vacation the other week in the Maldives. It was great, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, you need to try this new steak spot that's owned by XYZ Celebrity. Oh, yeah, I've actually been there in the previous. Oh, hey, hey, by the way, I noticed I wasn't in the 14 of the people you gave the million dollars to. I mean, it's not a big deal, but I did let you stay with me. I held your head when you threw up in the toilet. I, I uh, you know, took you to the hospital when you overdosed and kept quiet from the media all those times. And I just, he's like, oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was really tough. It was really tough. It was really tough. But uh, you just missed out. Like, yeah, yeah, but, uh, but, but. But John is a piece of literal garbage. He's a piece of human garbage. How did how did it happen? Look, look, I don't, uh, you know. Hey, uh, I, you know, I actually called you first, but you didn't pick up the phone, and it needed to happen. It was sort of the moment thing. It's like no, no, man, no. You know what? Find a new effing golf partner, buddy. At least that's how I would imagine in my head. I don't know how any of this works because I don't have friends. But speaking of friendship, why I bring this up is to extrapolate that. In the friend group, we have the core, in any friend group, any, you have the core, the nucleus. And then you have some insert scientific terms here. I, it's been a long time since I looked up uh, chemistry, so I, I'm not going to try to make a, a really deep analogy about this. But you have some insiders, and you have some deep insiders, and then you have some outsiders. I'll give you an example. Let's say you've been friends with someone since childhood. You've been really good friends with them. And, you know, when you become friends with someone early on, you see them through different stages in life. People may come, people may go, but you've been there consistently. You're one of this person's oldest friends. Let's say you're one of the people that can say you've known this person most of your lives at this point. And you've been different varying levels of friendship, sometimes close, sometimes not as close, but always cool hung out a few times, went places together, etc., etc. People grow up, people grow apart, and things happen, right? So let's say this person gets married. Finally, finally, oh, that's awesome. We, we had many conversations about marriage, blah, 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 blah. We've been cool. We've been to the strip club together. We've been around for each other's different romantic interludes, like, you knew my girlfriends, I know yours, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we, we, we've been tight forever, some version of tight, right? And sure, we're not as close as we used to be, but we're still some semblance of close. And then, so you're getting married. All right, well, awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm probably, I'm, I'm one of your oldest friends, so I'm definitely in the running for best man. No, no, okay, 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 okay. Well, certainly, I am going to be a groomsman. No, no, too much. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, she has a brother. I understand. You have some friends that you, you kind of went, you met along the way that are a bit closer. I, 
I hear you. I understand. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But at least I am going to get a good seat in the, the one of the best seats in the house. I'm definitely going to do that. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Not one of the best seats in the house. Family, friends, intimate, small. It's very tight knit. Understood. 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 Oh, wait, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not invited. Oh. I let that pregnant pause hang for a while. To illustrate, not saying that this happened, but saying, if you were that person, you were that person that that was on the receiving end of that, you were told by your friend that he's getting married. And you've been friends with him for most of your life. You're close, you're tight. Or at least, you think you're tight. You think you're tight. And you see that people that you both knew at the same time are part of the the groomsmen party. The groomsmen. Like, okay, well, I knew you the same amount of time as they did. I, I can't imagine them being any closer to you. We're all the same amount of close. And then a couple of people who you certainly met after me are a part of your groomsmen party. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I'm I'm still going to get invited. Oh, no, no, no. Your other friends who you've known for just as long as you've known me about, they they get invited too, but I... I so I'm going to be part of them. I'm going to be part of them. We're I'm going to go with them. N- no, no. Oh, ooh. I'm not going to be a part of them. I'm actually not even invited. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Not saying this happened. In fact, this didn't happen. But if it did, how would you feel if you're that friend? How would you feel if you're that person and then after all these years, I was, I thought we were tight, I thought we were close, or I thought we were at least cool, and I'm not even invited to your wedding? For very practical and pragmatic reasons, I'm not invited to your wedding, though. I'm thinking... I'm thinking that's got to be a fraction of what friend number 15 feels because it's like being in line for million dollar tickets and the last one being handed out to the person right in front of you. They just ran out right as you were about to get yours. And that's what that feels like to me, in my opinion. But I don't know. Maybe he gave friend number 15 something else. And maybe the person, the hypothetical person that wasn't invited to the wedding, decided to come to the wedding anyway and just stare at everyone through the window. Going to be honest with you, that's something I do worry about. Not worry as in keeps me up at night, but something I still worry about. Like, will I be in a situation where there's a lot to win here, but I'm clearly friend number 15? And if so, what would it be? For example, we love stories about hangers-on. That's why Entourage was a big deal, was a big hit. It wasn't so much about the star of the show or the person that was the perceived star of Entourage. It was about his entourage. But what about a show about the guy that got left behind, that never quite made it to Entourage level, or for that reason the other, was left back in the hood? Was left back where they came from, or where they left them. And just everybody there, you see them in all the pictures. They used to hang out with the guys. But for some reason, 
It just didn't get taken along. Now, to me, that's an interesting story. That's a story I'd like to write, but they would have to try to do something. Like, you can't just be sitting there like, oh, man, I'm never going to make it. But that's essentially what it would be. It's, I almost made it, but I wasn't part of the group. I was number 15. And personally, I can empathize with number 15. Here's why. I make a lot of things. I make a ton of things. And I think I make them pretty well. Make them pretty good. But I do it because I'm forced to do it. You are who you reflect. You are who you hang out with. And the people I'm related to, the people that I, I associate with, the people that I know are these really brilliant, talented people. I'm talking insanely talented. I'm talking talents out this world that would just be incredible if ever really given the proper stage and given the proper medium to show the world that they have these talents. Yet me, I'm the one trying to make it. I'm the one grinding away here, working my tail off to try to make it. When clearly... I am supposed to be a part of the entourage. I'm supposed to be somebody's manager or agent. I'm charming but slightly unlikable. I'm argumentative but somehow persuasive. I'm really good at motivational speeches. And I love not actually doing things myself. If you did a pep talk, I am 1 million percent your guy. I can do that for you. And with 99% of the people I know, it's truly authentic. It's unreal how many talented, insanely talented people that I am intertwined with. But at the same time, screw all of you. Anyone that is actually my people and is listening to this, screw each and every last one of you. Why? Because you have not made my life easier for me, and for that, I hate you. If this was a movie... By this time, we would all be in L.A. or some beach somewhere enjoying the fruits of one of your labors. But no, you leave it to me, the least of everything, to try to make it. How dare you? How dare you be so selfish that you're not working hard so I can live the life that I've always been meant to live? See, because I know how to play my role. Listen to this. Hey, Reese, what do you think about... This latest scandal from your friend and star. No comment. Well, dude, what do you think about human rights and this person's views on that? No comment. What about the girls and guys that were locked in their basement? No comment. That's some expert level hanger on entourage henchmen type stuff right there. My talents are being wasted, namely because I don't have any. Okay, I might have a couple, but it was better for the joke for me to say I don't have any. I'm sorry that I stepped on the joke now. It's not funny, and neither am I. And this is why one of you should be rich and famous. Because I don't want to be famous, I just want to be rich and famous. By being associated with rich and famous, which is you. You listening, even if we're not friends right now, if you're listening to this, we are friends. And if you are rich and famous, cut me a check. Cut me all the checks. I don't need an allowance unless that's what you want to give me. And if you want to give me an allowance, I will gladly accept that allowance. Allow me to make money off of you. 
really, I'm just trying to make it so I can get other people off their asses. Because if I make it, they say, oh, even if even Reese can make it, what am I doing with my life? Because I'm much, insert the blank, than he is. And look at him go. All right, I got to get my life straight. So that's really why I'm making it. Well, trying to make it so I can be I, I can be a cautionary tale for others. Since you didn't go for it, Reese had to, and he never quite made it. Or since you didn't go for it, Reese had to, and he made it, and you know he sucks. So that's where you should have been, you big loser. Either way, it's motivation for that person to do better. And by do better, I mean give Reese money and a better lifestyle. That that's really what Reese wants. I deserve it. I deserve a better lifestyle because it's in the Bible somewhere. I think somewhere near the back. I never read the whole thing cover to cover, but I'm pretty sure in the back, like the the cliff notes. I, I yeah, whatever the notation. After all, the most famous saying in the Bible that I know is, "Blessed are the Reese, for he shall inherit the earth." I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. Yeah. Well, I have some news. I have some updates. Uh, right now, I'm going to get a little personal. I'm actually in the middle of a very, very messy breakup. Uh, it's really emotional. It's time-consuming. It's a lot of things right now, so just keep me in your thoughts. Now, I'm not bringing up with my girlfriend. No, th- this relationship is much more serious and deeper than that one. Uh, I'm trying to break up with fast food. Yep, trying to do it trying to do it here's the thing i am definitely trying to get healthier and i've been putting a lot of work in the gym i know gyms are kind of a thing a little bit where i am but i've been putting a lot of work in the gym and starting to see a little bit of result but i'm at the age and the stage where like diet does actually mean something to me honestly in your 20s diet really don't mean a Damn thing. Not really. Not really. Not for a guy. Our metabolisms are like, hey, we're still here. So if you work out for a couple of months, you can lose all the weight you want or most of the weight you want. And so you got to get really, really serious near the end to lose those last few. But for the most part, you can eat and do what you want. You start getting older. Stuff starting to hurt. You don't bounce back like you used to. It's like having a kid. Like you think it's going to snap back and you put in the same amount of work or maybe a little bit more. And you don't get the same results. And it's like, ooh, well, something's got to change. Can't really work any harder than you're working. So you got to change the way you eat. But at this stage, I'm so used because I 1 million percent eat like a degenerate. And by that, I mean, I always worked a corporate job for a long time or corporate style job where I would put in a long hours work from late to early early to late and so cooking at home wasn't really an option for me so i would always eat out always eat some junk food some fast food mcdonald's or mcdonald's burger king chick-fil-a wendy's etc etc and let's keep it real you're going to a fast food place you're not going to order a salad because it's like you know what? I was about to make a sex joke about a hooker and a condom or something like that. But then I realized I had way too many sex jokes in last podcast. Like, it was overboard. It was overkill. And I had to repent. So I went back to Catholic Church. Not too many people know that I actually grew up Catholic. But I did grow up Catholic. So I felt so bad that I, I had to find forgiveness in the Catholic Church. And 
I found a priest and I started confessing my sins to the priest, but it got a little weird because I told the priest I had been bad and he was like, oh yeah, you're a bad boy. How bad were you? I'm like, well, pretty bad. He's like, oh, tell me about it. Bad enough to get a spanking? And I'm like, uh, this reminds me too much of my childhood in the Catholic Church. I'm uncomfortable. But then he gave me some crackers and wine, and it was totally cool. We just had a chill time. We didn't do anything, but we did talk a lot, and I think we really made a connection. Hey, listen, I'm just kidding. I was not molested in church. That happened outside of church. So let me ask you something. How would that joke have been better, though? Let me, let me try this one out for you. How about, I wasn't molested in the Catholic Church when I was a child because it was completely consensual. Or last but not least, I was not molested as a child in the Catholic Church. That all happened while I was an adult. Which one of these obvious jokes would have been funnier, one, two, or three? Question mark. Hopefully someone answers that. I'd be really interested to hear in someone answering that, and for a good reason that I'll talk about after this whole fast food topic. But I'm talking, obviously, the big fast food places or the not-so-fast food, like the pizzas and burgers from the pizza joints. Just all of it. All of it. All the food that is junk that we all know what they are. I'm at the stage where I have to cut it all out. I have to cut it all out if I really want to lose weight or get healthy. So, this is going to seem like a very abrupt change of topics, but I'll let you in a little secret. I just had to punch back in, which is one of those technical terms that I never use, but I just had to come back in after having to pause the podcast recording for a while because for the past 15 minutes, a train ran near where I'm recording. So... I lost all the momentum I had going into the diatribe I was about to make about my connection with food and my deep romantic relationship with food and how food has always been there, even when the girls haven't. And it has always been there when the girls haven't. What got me through my worst times? My breakups? My divorce? That really messy one? She took everything! It was, in fact, food. Junk food, to be exact. Not that healthy crap green stuff that is nasty but the pizza the burgers the wings oh the all you can eat buffets all those places is what sustained me through my most trying times and they will be back again but for now it's feeling unhealthy so i'm continuing to make the change it is not an easy one though because just like a bad relationship it's like yeah, it's bad for you, but, you know, behind closed doors, it just feels so good when it's inside of you. But I'm the one doing the insiding, so, but when you when you connect, whatever, 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 you know what I mean. I just love it so much, and honestly, here's the biggest tragedy for this thing for me. Yes, the people who have died, very, very tragic and sad. The divide that it has caused our great country, terrible, 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 terrible. The businesses that have shuttered forever, never to be opened again, bad as well. The people whose quality of life will never be the same due to their complications from what some believe to be a not real virus. Tragic. All that is terrible. 
before all this, before all this happened, I had two favorite spots. An all-you-can-eat Japanese sushi and steak bar and a Korean barbecue spot. I would alternate weeks with both places. So, 52 weeks out of the year, if I was not at one place, I was the other, with the exception of when sometimes I couldn't get to either. But since I work for myself and I have very flexible hours, I'd be able to go there whenever I want. So I rarely missed a week. I was a regular at both places. I took a few people. You got to be really, really special for me to take you to either spot. So if you've been to either spot and you know who you are, you mean you're special. Or I just felt like I needed to go there and you just happened to be along for the ride. Well, the Korean barbecue spot closed down. It closed down completely. And the Japanese spot is not closed, but they do take out only. And the food now is so atrocious, I can't believe it's the same place. So that right there is my real tragedy. That my two favorite food places are now either garbage or trash. If you get it, if you get it, I think you get it. And I don't like how it's affecting me. So, as soon as things get back to normal and these places can open back up, hopefully they're not lost to us forever, I, that, that, is, that is when I will cry. That is the relationship that I'm looking forward to rekindle. And I'll always keep that relationship. You just got to understand. There's certain, certain relationships you just hold on to forever. And never treat them like friend number 15. Boom! Call back. Again, I hate doing current events, but I felt to talk about that because it's one of those really important to me things for this channel. It's affecting my life. And that's pretty selfish of everyone for my life to be affected. (laughs) But since I've already talked about current things, I'm going to tell you about something I did last week. Last week, after this very, very popular episode, after episode 21... Actually, before episode 21, it kind of helped me shape episode 21, really. Recently, something happened, and it was hilarious. And for some reason, I had a lot of good jokes about it. So, I decided to record myself making a lot of jokes about it, and just in rapid fire, just, I'm going to joke, I'm going to riff on this topic for a while, record it, and put it out there on the various social medias, and see how it does. And it did well. It did really well. It did a lot better than most of my other things do, funny enough. Um, Tons, tons better. Like, it's day and night. Day and night. I make videos. Obviously, I do this podcast. I write things. I, I, I really try to get out there. But it did so much better. And I'm like, wow. Maybe that's the lane I should be in. Maybe that's the lane I should be in. And it was comedy. A lot of people can relate to comedy. Uh, I've said in the past, comedy comedians, the, the the good ones, not necessarily the big ones, but the good ones are really good orators. The kind of scribes of our time. They can really make any topic interesting, make any topic entertaining. And I'm thinking, so confession time, I am a big fan of comedy. I want to be a somewhat comedic writer with some of the things I do. I, I want them to be comedy-based. I want them to be uh, things based in more dramatic 
realms but have comedic elements kind of like life life is very dramatic with some comedic moments and so I, I think i would like to make art in that way the funny thing about art is that it imitates life just kidding that was a segue that didn't need to happen and the train's coming back so we're gonna take a pause but i've always been funny like kind of funny either really funny or hey he's clever funny but People usually think I'm some version of funny or interesting once you get to know me, da da da. My sense of humor probably uh, leans towards the drier side, but I definitely get and appreciate slapstick humor, etc., etc. In fact, I did some skits that were well received in the beginning, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, I think, I think I might give being comedian a try. And here's how I'm going to do it strangers on the internet i'm going to keep my podcast episodes are going to be how they are um there's going to be some funny elements obviously as they always have been but you know for me it was never about just trying to be funny or trying to be this or trying to be that it's the episode to come out however the episode comes out but i'm going to start making specifically comedic style videos and uploading them on the various places because obviously going out and performing comedy is not a thing right now. But I'm going to make specific comedic videos, see if that gains traction. And if that does, then I really, really, really am going to consider giving stand-up comedy a shot. This could be one of those bucket list things. I'll find an open mic somewhere, work on some material, et cetera, et cetera, and get out there. Because... 99% of the people have the ability to be funny, in my opinion. You just have to find your audience. And that will be the most difficult thing for me. Because I think my humor is hard to define. Or at least I feel my humor is hard to define. Or it's hard to find an audience for my specific type of humor. But that's what the good thing about the internet. It's a good thing about social media. The good thing about this thing right here is that little by little you'll find people who really like what you do and that's where a lot of people nowadays have gotten their start it's you start being funny online internet etc etc and you get a chance to start working on material in front of people for live because if you can entertain them while you're recording something then you do have the ability to entertain them while you're live you just got to really give into your heart and personally I, funny enough, I'm not one that seeks the spotlight, but I can easily perform in front of people. That's never been a thing for me. Again, it's finding people that are interested in me performing in front of them, which they'll never know until I get out there. So that's something I'm definitely considering. I just have to keep putting material out there and seeing how it works. Doesn't work. You learn a lot more from what doesn't work than what works. Am I funny? Am I not funny? Do I have a good stage presence? Which is why I'd be really interested in getting into open mics or comedy shows, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to see how well I do. How can can you win over an audience? How can you work an audience? All those sort of things. I have no problem at all with paying the dues, um, but it's something interesting. But also, this could help me promote my comedic style art because i'm once again i am not trying to be on anybody's sitcom or the face of anything but i would want my work to be the face of something i want to create my own 
RCU, the Reese Cinematic Universe, where you can always tell, oh, that's definitely Reese. That's definitely Reese's style, etc. And here's the thing, right? I know I can do it. I know I can do it, and here's why. Because there's some really, really, really terrible stuff out there. There's some awful, just god-awful, the worst type of stuff out there. The worst. Should not have been made. Should never have been made. Should never be made again. But it's out there. And it's doing well. And it's like my dead grandma could have written that while she's dead. Because it's so awful. It is so awful that you have to be brain dead to write that or even like that. And a lot of people eat it up. And that goes for any spectrum. The things I like, other people could find brain dead because, again, it's all about finding an audience for it. And trust me, if you don't know by now, there's an audience for anything. Just Google Pornhub, but not too, but not too closely because they're always watching you. Always. Yeah, they know, they know what kind of categories you're into, you pervert. Can't believe you looked at that on your own device. You should have done like I did and gone on your girlfriend's device and looked it up. So that's why when the FBI come knocking, they're going to arrest her and not you. And hey, at that point, you now belong to the streets while she's away for five to ten years. Make sure to have her commissary, though, because she's not going to do well in jail. She's really pretty. She's going to be somebody's girlfriend. That's not you. Well, I mean, I guess you can share. Like, hey, I'm outside boyfriend. She's inside boyfriend. We'll we'll, we'll split cuts. We'll, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. I say all that to say that I think I'm going to start saying some of the things that I want to do intentionally on here, just so it's on record. Because I feel like if I say it on here... I can't let the five people that listen to this down. That if I say it on here, that I have to do it. Because some stranger on the internet's gonna be like, I'm watching and believing on you, Reese. And like I, I I have to. I have to. I have to. For them. For you. For you, little Timmy. Not for you, John, because you're a piece of crap. From earlier. Not not anyway. And as the time ticks like sins in the hourglass, so as the days of our life, or however that goes. What I'm trying to say right now is we have reached the end of yet another episode of the As Told by Reese podcast, formerly known as the Doesn't Matter. This was episode 22, and it was definitely a fun one for me, despite all the interruptions and other things. There's a lot we got to, a lot that we actually didn't get to that I do plan on getting to in future episodes. But... Right now, there is an air fryer with my name written all over it, and I got a few things that I want to cook up. Speaking of cooking up, we have some interesting topics coming for the future, so look very much forward to that. And I'm looking forward to continuing to do this podcast. Like I said, last episode was a milestone. It was a benchmark for me, and now it's all about trying to beat that benchmark. And hopefully I will. Maybe with this episode... Maybe with an episode in the future. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, I'm the big deal that in podcasting that I was always meant to become. Or maybe you're listening on the climb up. Maybe last episode or this episode was just the beginning of something much, much bigger. Or maybe it's not. Maybe you're just one of my friends or family members that like listening to me or felt like throwing me a bone. 
However you got here, I'm just glad that you're here, and I thank you so much for listening to me. I wish the radio was still a thing, because I think I'm perfect for the radio, but I think I'm even more perfect for podcasting. Why? Because I got this stuff in my head. I got a lot of stuff in here, and I like putting it out there for the universe to listen to. And I like listening to the universe. So, universe, if you ever want to get a hold of me, always email me at nameofthispodcast at gmail.com. You can always leave reviews on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Podcast. I'll definitely think about reading them out. And if I get emails with questions, topics, concerns, I'll definitely take those into consideration. And that could help make the show better. Or at least make the show more interesting. Or less interesting. Maybe it needs to be less interesting. Who knows? It needs to be a lot of things, but the one thing it definitely needs to be right now is over. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next time. Bye now.